Welcome to the very first Evolving Smart Storytelling episode. Today we have Danny Combs, the founder of TACT, which is the nonprofit organization teaching the autism community trades. We look forward to telling Danny's impactful story of how he brings compassion, civility, and connection to the ever-changing and evolving world we live in today. Hi everyone, this is Kelly Gearing, uh, founder of Evolving Smart, and today uh, we are so blessed to have Danny Combs from the TACT community, and we will get into exactly what that means and, and how it's changing and, and making the world a better place today. So welcome, Danny. Thank you guys for having me. I appreciate it. Thank you. So Danny, I know that you've had a very diverse career path. Something about maybe a Grammy and music and all kinds of things. So yes, tell, us, tell us a little bit about yourself and how you came to create TACT. Sure. Well, um, TACT was never supposed to be in the plans. <laughs> so um, as you mentioned, my, my life's been kind of unique. So I grew up working in the trades. So um, my great-grandfather and grandfather worked in aerospace for a company called Grumman in Long Island, New York. And then um, my dad was a general contractor and not the kind of general contractor that most of us think of today in the sense that kind of subs everything out. My dad was the gentleman that would build one house a year and use my brother and I as free labor. And every afternoon after school, every weekend, every summer, we were digging footings, framing walls, wiring things, shingling things. We did it all. And at the time, I didn't appreciate it very much. I uh, wanted to be a teenager, I guess. And, um, but it was just an amazing upbringing in the sense that he, he taught me everything mm -hmm. and um, had to do with all of this. And between that, my grandfather and great grandfather, we were just always working. Um, it was just, if there was, you know, snow on the ground, you were out in the garage still with this, a propane heater and you were fixing something, whether it was a car <laughs> or the water heater or whatever. And so naturally when you're fourth generation, you move to Nashville and decide to do music for a living because that's what you do. So um, I was really very blessed and very fortunate that it worked out. So Pretty much right away, um, I got a gig playing guitar in Nashville and um, got a chance to um, do some really cool things and meet some really cool people and um, I just had a great experience with it. And then um, my amazing son Dylan was born in 2009 and he kind of changed my life. Um, so when he was younger, we just started noticing some you know, unique things about him that uh, we couldn't quite figure out and we later discovered that that was autism and found out that you know just watching him and being around him the way that his mind worked he could visualize and conceptualize these amazing things that he was doing where um he would make cut out of cardboard so not to say that i gave my young child sharp scissors but he would make them out of paper and then with the help of you know mom and dad he would cut out things from cardboard and uh, make these incredible three-dimensional suits and he would just visualize and conceptualize these things before you can say hello dad i mean my daughter's almost three years younger than him, and I you know, had conversations with her before I had conversations with my own son. And um, just noticing these strengths um, that he could do, started looking for a program that could support those strengths. I mean, I spent way too many hours in therapy offices where they did wonderful things and great people doing amazing work, but all I ever heard was, your son needs to do this, he needs to do this better, he needs to do that better. There was never any recognition of what the things he could do well. It just was things that he needed to change and do better. And so trying to build upon his strengths, I looked for a program like TACT that would help him make things and couldn't find anything. And then had the chance to meet Dr. Temple Grandin and said, hey, I've got this idea for a trades program for kids with autism. 
And she said, stop what you're doing and do it right now. And so we always joke that Temple told us to because she kind of did. So um, she's since become a great friend. But um, yeah, we've been um, doing it ever since. So I went to one of your very early fundraisers where Temple was. Yes, ma'am. I remember that. Yeah. In the backyard, right? (laughs) Correct. In the backyard. um, You know, many things start in the garage, the backyard. Yeah, we started out of the back of a 58 Chevy, um, just driving around, and we would go to churches and rec centers and libraries, anywhere that people would give us a chance, and um, it grew from that into an old warehouse in Rhino to our current facility, and now we've served over 700 kids. We have 12 staff members, and depending upon which statistics you look at, I think we're pretty much the most successful um, special needs program in the state, getting kids a job with autism, which is pretty cool, so... It's a pretty amazing ride. So it has yeah. been an amazing and I've been watching it from afar and it's just I mean, I follow you on Facebook. I follow I mean I follow you everywhere. <laughs> um I'm really not, you know, not a, <laughs> I'm not a stalker. Not a stalker though, not a stalker. <laughs> <laughs> but it's tact is is just such an amazing thing. And it's something that you you mentioned, Danny, you know, bringing out the strengths of people. Mm-hmm. And I think not only um with our um kiddos that have these special talents, but you know, everybody in today's world, you know, we, we focus on so many things that are our weakness. We don't really focus on those strengths. Mm-hmm. And I love the fact that you bring that into the TAC world and the strengths that these, these kiddos have. Well, the kids need to hear it. I mean, and one of the untapped, well, thank you. Um, one of the untapped things I think that happens at TACT is for the first time, sadly, in a lot of kids' lives, they're hearing that they're good at something. I mean, I noticed it hearing it about my son. The thing is my son is there during every one of those conversations. So he hears it too, right? He's constantly hearing Dylan needs to do X, Y, and Z rather than Dylan does these great things. And so when the kids come to tact and we trust them with welding torches and table saws and rebuilding engines under car lifts and um, all of these things that a lot of people would really perhaps shy away from, they recognize that we're trusting them for the amazing things they can create. And then that's been the biggest part of helping us get these individuals jobs, right? I mean, it's the largest unemployed group in the country at 90% unemployment, which is unbelievable. And then when we go to these employers, we're showcasing their talents and how that makes their workplace better. There's never mention of, hey, hire this kid with autism because it's a charity or anything like that. It's, hey, look at what this person can do. It's amazing. And it makes your workplace better. And it's subtle, but it's a big mind shift compared to what most people do. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you touch on a good point there, Danny. Um, when when your students, you know, register attacked or you bring them in, how do you assess their skill sets? Do you just kind of let them leave you? How do, how do you work through the process of, of training them and learning their skills? We don't listen to parents. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> a lot of times parents have preconceived notions of what their kid is good at. Um, no, I'm joking. But uh, so we have a process, we have a bunch of like afternoon and weekend classes. So what we try to do is we ask the young adults or the teenagers to come in and try those classes at first, because we want them to experience it first and explore it. So sadly, since most schools have gotten trade programs out of their system, yes. and especially for schools that offer, you know, have any kind of autism program or special education program working with intellectual development with delays and disabilities, there's just nothing there for them to even try it. So they have no way of even knowing if they like it unless they've done things like I grew up working with a dad or a grandfather or something like that. Um, So we want them to explore. And so they come in and they try 
all the different classes. And there's really no commitment. It's just come in, let's you know, make some things in the garage. Let's weld some things. Let's build some things. Let's sew some things and see kind of where their strengths lie. And then we have a whole pre-assessment program too that we do where we're kind of seeing how everything's going. Um, and that works out really, really pretty well. And then we take it from there. So it's kind of fun. That's amazing. It's amazing. So, you know, you talked about you started in the back of a, a 58 Chevy. Is that what you said? Yes, ma'am. 58 okay. Chevy panel truck. That's on a police car frame. Yes. Okay. <laughs> if it's um, old, it's got to go fast. So yeah. <laughs> you need to be able to chase down those people. So what's been, so what was the greatest challenge as you started that, as you started TACT, as you started the program, what was the, like the biggest hurdle to get over? There's been a bunch, um, gosh, especially this COVID day and age, but to start with, we were turned down for insurance companies 13 times. So you would think that insurance companies, especially in this day and age, would not discriminate, but they absolutely did. So um, it took us 13 tries to get insurance. Mm-hmm. And then, um, in addition to that, getting schools to join us and partner with, that wasn't as big of a hurdle, but trying to get them to trust that, you know, the tools that we're going to you know, be putting in these students' hands would be safe. So the safety component. Right. Um, but the biggest one has been funding because we don't fit into any little, you know, fancy box. Right. Um, we're very unique. And so there's a federal organization called the Division of Vocational Rehabilitation, or DVR, they're in every state. They're federally mandated and regulated. And thankfully now they do fund us and they've started to be a great partner. But their whole goal as an organization is they are supposed to help individuals with autism or Down syndrome or spina bifida or whatever, just individuals to help them find jobs and get jobs. And they looked at our program and didn't see how it was related to get kids jobs. It's like, I don't know how to make this any more clear to you. that <laughs> Like this hands-on training towards right. working employment is in the trades. They didn't see it really, it seemed like at the time as a value. So once we started, we're able to show we had good outcomes and outputs and creating success in our community, mm-hmm. then it's been really fantastic having those organizations now jump on board, but we had to prove it. And that just took time. I mean, that took four years before they would finally fund us. Wow. So, um, and now we've since been Medicaid approved and the state approves of us. So it's kind of amazing that we've gone from, you know, back of a pickup truck to a state registered agency that is Medicaid funded, DVR funded, we get grants and we have donors and, um, but getting people to join on board at first was, was tricky. Right. Um, right. Yeah. And now, in the COVID age, trying to keep people learning in person. I mean, you can't really teach a kid how to rebuild an engine on a computer or yeah. how to weld a building that holds, has to hold a roof over your head over Zoom, you know? I mean, right, they, right. they need to Absolutely. practice it. I, learning. Yeah, I, I wouldn't feel comfortable getting into one of those things that somebody hadn't actually experienced and done hands-on. Right. And so thankfully, our organization, the way we set up from the get-go with our small class sizes and teacher-student um, ratio has been fantastic. And kind of getting everything going so that's great that's great you know you you talked about some of the challenges so let's let's flip the coin so some of the successes i know that one of your students was is a videographer yeah Um, scott yeah yes and so Mm -hmm. again i stalk you so i watched the the episode with mike rowe yeah for yeah yeah for returning the favor absolutely yes yes um he um so your videographer you had 
some students, I think, or that are at a CTI credit card company or something? Yeah, we've got a few. So um, we've got kids who are placed in all kinds of different companies getting jobs. We have some kids working with a company called Wayfield, which is the third biggest electrical contractor in the state of Colorado. Um, they're building the new Amazon.com building, doing all the wiring and prefab for that. It's uh, about 4 million square foot building. So, I mean, it's That's massive. That's so great. Um, the new I-70 project through downtown, the Stapleton um, Park Hill area that's going connecting Rhino and Globesville. Um, that's our kids too, doing all the lining for that. Um, the CPI that you're mentioning, the credit card company manufacturing, they're only one of four facilities in the country. And it's a high security place um, doing that as well. Um, working for car dealerships down in like Littleton, so closer to Parker, McDonald Auto Group's behind our kids. They're changing airbags and Audis. Um, I mean, they're doing things that you know, stereotypically people wouldn't think our kids are capable of doing, but they're, they're rocking it. So, uh, definitely rocking it. Yeah. Yes. (laughs) What's one of the, besides working out of the back of the 58 Chevy, what's (laughs) one of the most hilarious things that you've come across that you're like, either one that you're just like, I cannot believe that just happened or, okay, that's a good story. I'm going to have to remember anything funny. Hilarious. Well, I mean, so a lot of times, the things that our kids are doing, it's a first for them, right? So at first there's, you know, they get tired or, I mean, one of the neat things about TACT is they're overcoming frustration tolerances. They're learning executive functioning, all these like special Mm -hmm. things that people in special education would like focus on and segregate and work on individually. We work on holistically here, right? So, I mean, when they're working out in the shop, they're learning math, they're learning socialization, they're learning executive functioning, processing, communication skills, all these things. But we had a kid that was making a project and was getting frustrated, was cutting a board. And it was like a four-inch board. I mean, it wasn't a big piece. And it was ready for his break. And just mid-cut, just stopped and walked away. I mean, it had like that much more to go. And like, now I'm good. I'm just going to walk away. Now I'm t- just, it's break time. Yeah, just mid-cut, just mid-cut. You know, could you imagine pulling out a saw like halfway through the board? I'm good. I'm just going to stop there. Call it. So, uh, that's been one of the more memorable ones recently, for sure. Oh, that's... That's pretty good. So as TACT evolves, you've gotten insurance now. You are in the box where the funding is happening. What do you see? Because I don't think there's anything that can stop you at this point, to be honest with you. What's the next step in your evolution for TACT? What do you see on the horizon? What's, what's something big that you really want to go after? Yeah, so, um, and I, I don't know when this is going to air, but do you know, is it will it air next after... January or before? Well, we're hoping before, but we'll let you know. (laughs) So we're in the process. I'll just leave it at this. I won't go into uh, too much details then. Okay. um, Of affiliating with a national organization um, that will should go into effect on January one. And if that's the case, this is a large household name company. There will be tax in every state in in the country. Um, So we're in the process of that. Um, so, um, yeah, it's, it's getting exciting. I mean, that's, that's the goal is tragically, we're still we're the only ones that are doing this and, um, it just kind of breaks our heart, honestly, you know, I mean, the neat thing is we're parents that are trying to start it from the ground up rather than some big system of government bringing it down. Right. And, um, our team is amazing. I mean, it's been, um, a lot of grass work and hard work and sweat and my hair is about 10 shades grayer than it was <laughs> go for sure so yeah I completely understand my niece um is has down syndrome and she's in in the southeast and there are not 
a lot of programs. There's not a lot of opportunity. So um, this is something else that I wish I could just bring her here and let her live with us and call her yeah. so she could experience what you're demonstrating and what you're showing that, you know, I go back to what you said, Danny, we all have those strengths. Yeah. You're, you're bringing those strengths to light and in an under the organ, the, the team that you have, is not looked upon like, Oh, I need to go hire them. Or, you know, it's, I think you said it's the most underemployed. Yeah. Group. That's a, it's crazy. So there's roughly one in 45 kids being diagnosed with autism. Now the CDC says one in 54 other organizations are saying a little bit higher. Um, so you figure one in 45 kids, even if it's the CDC's one in 52, one in 54, it's a lot of kids um, being diagnosed with autism. I think 90% of them don't end up employed. What ends up happening is they end up sending sadly in their parents' basement or in a day care treatment center. Um, I mean, it's hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people. And the fact that we don't even talk about this giant group of our population that's not getting employed. Mm-hmm. When we just went through an election, nobody talked about it. You know, I mean, it, it needs all. to be talked about that there's this great people that have a lot to offer that are just completely the elephant in the room overlooked. So if we can start changing that, because if we don't, it's going to be a big problem on our you know, society soon if we, we have to figure it out. And I will also add that I have a nephew who's on the autistic spectrum as well in Michigan. Yeah. And while he goes to a very developed school, it's nothing like what you offer in tax. So again, I come from a, you know, from, from a different point of view as well. I have a niece and a nephew that I know could benefit from tact. And I'm right. Again, as your stalker here, um, <laughs> I'm just looking forward to having this be a national program, a national opportunity for, for our, our citizens of the U S that really, you know, are making an impact to, to everyone. Well, thanks. Yeah. Us too. I mean, we're, we're proud of it. So yeah. um, I'm hopeful too. Yeah, yes. That's my goal. Well, you know, as we, as we close here, Danny, first of all, thank you again for being a part of our, our storytelling here. We just want to continue to show and really highlight organizations that are evolving the world, making it a better place from one challenge to an opportunity. I think that's exactly what you've done with tech. And I appreciate you spending time with us today. My pleasure. Thank you for having us. I appreciate Um, it. And then the last thing, how do people get involved? What, what's the biggest thing that you're looking for um, besides funding? I mean, volunteer, uh, you tell us what TAC yeah. would need. Everybody that's come through the doors um, talks to Becky because she does so much. So if they're coming in, they're going to be working with Becky in some sort. So I would encourage parents to reach out to Becky, whose contact information is her website. And um, it would be coming, going to our website and signing up for a workshop or talking to us about a summer camp or our mobile program, which is still going. We've got a bunch of different things happening. Um, and then getting to our transition program towards transitioning towards employment. Um, so I would recommend that to get involved and all of our information is there. Mm-hmm. And then for other people that are looking to support us, I mean, we need a bunch of things. I mean, you know, we change a whole bunch of cars, oils and rotate wheels and tires, and we're building things of wood and metal all the time. So those kind of consumables, I mean, we burn through nails and screws and motor oil and those kind of things like crazy. It's expensive <laughs> to, to get all this, especially and now with COVID-2, there's a, a labor shortage or a lumber shortage. So getting wood is now difficult and um, wood is almost double what it was a few months ago. So um, different things like that help us so much. Okay. Um, if you've got a car that, um, you know, a lot of people can donate cars just like they would to NPR, Catholic charities, different things like that. Right. And donate their car. 
um, and then we end up selling it and the funds come back into the program as well. So um, different things like that would be fantastic. Okay. So that Corvette you have, if you wanted to, you know, spend that highway, that I might drive it around. Oh, okay. Fifty one Corvette. Yeah. Um, yes, it's been fun. We've had to have some repairs on it. Yeah. Well, I know a guy that can help you with that if you ever need help with it. So let me know. Definitely will. Definitely yeah. Will. My I have a '67 Toyota Land Cruiser that's got an engine out of a '65 Corvette. It's got an American heart. So. <laughs> Well, thank you. Thank you again so much. We really appreciate your time today, Danny. My pleasure. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for being a part of our evolving smart storytelling. For more information on TACT, please refer to our show notes for a link directly to their site.